I'm going to take your Bibles and turn to Psalm chapter 142 tonight. Psalm chapter 142. Where did Austin go? Oh, he slipped out. I was going to brag on him. And uh, so uh, let's just text him and see where he, I'm just joking. <laughs> oh, kitty. He did a great job this morning. And uh, I had several folks. I uh, took a new family to lunch today and it's been visiting and they just, they're like, we, we knew there was a student pastor and we knew that he was the guitar player, but man, we didn't know he could preach. And so uh, if you work with kids or you have younger kids, I'm not going to lie. I was sitting there during his message when he talked about the pool and he started talking about the sharks and I just started singing baby shark, 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 shark. And so <laughs> just started going through my mind. And uh, that, then he started talking about y'all's dating life, and I thought, here we go with the days of our lives, man. I mean, like, I was like, I was like what's this guy? No, I'm kidding. Uh, so, anyway, I was going to brag on him, really, I was. I had to get that out first. Uh, but anyway, Psalm chapter 142. Um, so I'll have to tell you this, that I'm going to share something with you tonight out of the overflow of my devotional life. I did prepare, and I think it'll show I prepared, all right? But um, I didn't know I was preaching until Thursday. Uh, we were supposed to have a program tonight, and um, our Christmas program for our school. We we're going to have it next Sunday night. Um, but uh, so I knew that meant one thing: um, somebody had to preach. And so I was like, "Lord, you're going to have to help me." So uh, I'm actually going to share something with you, and try not to get real emotional over it because it's uh, it's very personal to me. But uh, I think. Uh, some of you might be able to relate with me, hopefully. Um, and so I just want God to use it in a special way for all of our lives tonight. Um, if you know my journey, you know we've been here since February. And one of the greatest burdens that I've been bearing over this time is a place of living, a house. And um, I thank the Lord that um, I'm not in one yet, and I shouldn't thank the Lord for that. But uh, I thank the Lord that I'm farther along than I've ever been. Um, and um, hopefully if the lady who works for the bank I work with, and I'm just kidding, she's from Kingsport, uh, Kingston, excuse me, she wouldn't be watching, but anyway, but um, my name is on paper, the appraisal is, do is done, and uh, Lord willing, our closing date's on the 31st of December, hopefully it'll be a lot sooner than that, um, but if, hey, if we have to wait till the 31st, we'll be all right, but um, I'm saying all that to say this, over the last several months of my life, uh, I'm a very organized person. I like details. I like to know what's happening. Um, I am a, um, I, I'm just a, um, an organizer. I'd like to keep things organized, and I like to know the next step. But you know in life, many times we face some unknown times in our life? Oh, okay, I'm not alone. Uh, we face some unknown times in our life. And um, I wonder why, I know my, what my answer is, but I wonder why do unknowns in our life scare us? What do they scare us for? Is it the fact that, for, for me, is it the fact that it's because we have no control over them? We can't predict the next step? For many reasons, but especially for this one, is why I love God's word so much. It's when all else fails, when your friends, when those that are much more smarter than you, when they don't even have the right answers, 
God's word never has ever failed me. When I couldn't find the plans that I knew that I wanted to, to build, when I couldn't find the right property that I wanted to build, when it, when it wouldn't happen, when it didn't happen, when these different things didn't happen just the way I wanted. Remember I told you I'm a very organized person. When it didn't happen the way I thought it should happen, guess what? God was still God. He got me up the next day. He allowed me to work the next day. He allowed a paycheck to come to my hands when I needed it to, to feed my family. When all, those things didn't, when all those things that I thought should happen the way they should, they, they should happen, can I say something to you? God's word never failed. In Psalm chapter 142 tonight, we're going to read it here in just a minute. But to kind of give you just a little bit of background, this psalm was written by a man named David in a cave. Of course, a cave is a very gloomy home at its best. It's lit by only a glimmer of light. The cave of Adullam was not a place where David, excuse me, the cave of Adullam was a place where David, no doubt, we'll read here in just a minute, you'll, you'll sense some of these characteristics, but he was uneasy, he was unsure, he was even uncertain at times. What would be the next move against me? With that being said, I want you to look with me in Psalm 142, and I want you to follow along in verse number one. The Bible says, I cried unto the Lord with my voice, with my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. I poured out my complaint before him. I showed before him my trouble. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path. In the way wherein I walked, have they probably laid a snare before me. I looked on my right hand and beheld, but there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. I cried unto the Lord. Excuse me, I cried unto thee, O Lord. I said, thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. Attend unto my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I. Bring my soul out of prison, that I may praise thy name. The righteous shall compass me about. For thou shalt deal bountifully with me. Look back in verse number three and four with me. He said, when my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path. In the way wherein I have walked, have they probably laid a snare for me. I looked on my right hand and beheld, but there was no man that would know me. Or excuse me, there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. I wonder what we can learn from David's experience here of helplessness, hopelessness, that might encourage us that in the unknowns of life, that God, He is known. I want to just give you four things tonight on how to face the unknowns in life. How to face the unknowns in life. Number one is this. Our pain is not unknown 
to God. Our pain is not unknown to God. Look in verse number two. He said, I poured out my complaint before him. I showed before him my trouble. David said, all I know to do is to call out to God. All I know to do is to call out to God. In the uncertain time, all I know to do is call into him. Why? Because God feels our pain. David understood, I believe, that when the pain is so hard, there must be, excuse me, there must not be a hesitation to hit my knees and share my heart with God. I want you to listen to that again. When the pain is so hard, there must not be a hesitation to hit my knees and share my heart with God. I've said this many times in my life that one of our greatest failures are prayer failures. Often we pray by emergency and not urgency. One years ago, a young man and I, we started our ministry together down in Shenandoah in Cleveland, Tennessee, and him and I were eating lunch one day. He had just been married a year longer than I had. I'd only been married just a few months. And uh, he made a statement to me. He said, Matt, have you ever thought, have you ever thought about your prayer life and how close you are to God? This young man, he was a year older than me, but he really, he studied the topic of prayer. He was always challenging to everybody. He was just a young man, but he loved Tom Williams. Some of you may know the name Tom Williams. Tom Williams is a great man, a great man, a guy who just speaks on prayer a lot, preaches on prayer, just a a man of prayer. And um, he said, Matt, have you ever thought about your prayer life and thought, how close am I really to God when I need him? And I said, man, I mean, I'm, I'd like to think I am. He goes, I mean, no, like, like for instance, he said, he, he just came out and he gave this illustration. He said, let me give you an illustration. Let's say you get a call right now and your wife is at the point of death. Would you have to ask for forgiveness? Would, you, would things race through your mind like how close you are to God? And I've never forgotten that. So many times in our life we pray by emergency Instead of urgency. There's three views, there's three things there, three views of David's prayer that we can also have in our own lives. We see right here in this passage. When we think about our pain is not unknown to God. First of all is this, the freedom of prayer. The freedom of prayer. He said, I poured out. His plea for prayer. He said, I poured out my complaint. But he quickly ran to the place of prayer. He said, I have poured out my complaint before him. Before him. In other words, here's what he's saying. I empty myself before God. I empty myself before God. There can be no situation so distressing or dangerous in which faith will not get comfort from God by prayer. We see the freedom of prayer in his life, the place of prayer in his life. Here's a third thought. The unveiling of his heart in his prayer. He said, I have poured out my complaint before him. I have showed before him 
my trouble. We see it's very clear in his praying what's on his heart. He said, I show before him my trouble. Whether we realize it or not, prayer is the encounter of God's thirst with ours. God thirsts that we may thirst for him. Prayer enlarges the heart until it is capable of containing God's gift of himself. True prayer is neither a mere mental exercise nor a vocal performance. It is far deeper than that. It is a spiritual transaction with the creator of heaven and earth. Spurgeon said that. The unveiling of his heart in his prayer. I think David understood that my questions of the unknowns have to begin with prayer. Second thing I want you to see tonight is this, is that in the unknowns, our path, our paths are not unknown to God. Our paths. Look at verse 3. He said, when my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path. I can only imagine, I can only imagine being in this cave, this dark, gloomy home at this time for him. What he's actually feeling. I know, I know I've been, there have been times in my life where anxiety 101 kicks in. I'm telling you, some of you are shaking your head. And you know what? Some of the people that are shaking their head in here tonight, I would have never thought that. I thought you were the most chill people. But I can tell you, there's been some times in my life where I just feel like my heart's about to explode. I mean, I've, I've, I've been to that place many times where I told my wife, I said, Jen, I said, uh, and I'm a pretty healthy guy, so I like to think that. But I've told her, I said, Jenny, I don't know what's wrong with me, but I, I, I feel like, I feel like my, my chest is about to explode. She goes, well, we need to go to the hospital. And she's, and, but, but ultimately, there's been many of those times, and when I've said that to her, she said, you just need to go for a walk. Just clear your mind. But I can, I can only imagine, knowing the background and the history of this chapter, here he is, sitting in a cave, Possibly, I'm not trying to read in script, but possibly can hear the noise from outside. Or, or even in his mind, can't, he physically doesn't know they're out there, but in his mind thinking, at any time, they're coming after me. My enemies are coming after me. We read about that. He said, Every, my, my worst enemy, they've laid a snare before me. But here's what's interesting about this verse. Look what he says. He says, when my spirit was overwhelmed, I circled two words. I circled two words in in this chat, excuse me, in this verse. The first word that I circled in this verse is the first word. He said, When my spirit is overwhelmed, when my spirit was overwhelmed within me, when he didn't know where to turn, when he didn't know what the next step was going to be, he didn't know what the next action against him was coming, when it was coming. He said, when my spirit was overwhelmed within me, this is the second word I circled. He said, then. 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 See, Jackson, you only think you've been, you think you've been searching for over a year. 
And you thought to yourself, man, this is never going to happen. When can this happen? Oh, it's probably going to happen next year. That's when the next availability. And all along, guess what? God knew the then. He knew the then. He didn't always let us know when the then's going to come. I mean, in my story that I shared with you from the beginning, I would have thought to myself, the thin could probably come within two or three months. I'll find a house. I knew where the market was, and I knew where the country was. But can I tell you something? I had a greater faith in God that, God, hey, God's got all this taken care of. Oh, it'll happen sooner or later. God, you know, this is, I'm doing the right thing. I'm riding the center of your wheel. And he did. He knew when the then was going to come. David, I don't know where I'm going to turn to. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path. I wrote down these two words in my notes. When and then. When and then. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart. Lean not into thy own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct. Here's that word, thy When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path. Lean not into thine own understanding, David. And guess what he'll do? He'll direct your paths. You see, paths are a source to get from one place to another, but all of them lead to a what? A destination. The key is, is that we must acknowledge him in our decision-making and trust his plan For that's how we determine the path we take. When my spirit was overwhelmed, then thou knewest my path. Hey, how do you face the unknowns? Understand that our pain is not unknown to God. Number two, our path is not unknown to God. Number three, his portion is made available to every believer. His portion is made available to the believer. Look at verse 5. I cried, I cried unto thee, O Lord. I said, thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. I circled the word portion, but I also circled the word refuge. And I drew a line back to verse number 4, where he said, there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. Man-made refuge, it failed me. But God, your refuge, it didn't fail. Your portion's made available to every believer. David, in his unknown, had nowhere else to go. He said, you're my refuge. The word refuge there means this, a place of shelter, protection. Finding no help from man, David turned to the Lord. It was he was his refuge. A refuge the Lord is to all people in time of trouble. The Lord is a strong habitation, a stronghold, a strong refuge to which we may resort to at all times. David needed a place of complete shelter. He needed a place of complete shelter. I think about John chapter 10. Verse number 10. The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come 
Jesus, I have come that they might have life, that they might have it more abundantly. Knowing he can take care of my eternal soul helps me rest in my earthly vessel. Think about that. Our refuge, our protector, knowing he can take care of my eternal soul helps me rest in my earthly vessel. I was ready and prepared to preach before you gave that illustration this morning. I just want to clear that up before I give my illustration. Years ago, about three years ago, uh, so now you can uh, make fun of me, all right? Um, it's a shark story, all right? So uh, about three years ago, we, were at the, we went to the ocean, and um, I think I've shared this once other time, but I thought about this when I thought about shelter and protector and refuge. Um, we were um, down in Florida, down in Destin area, and we had went on vacation with a few friends, and they have some daughters that are Callie's age, and they're real close, and Man, we had been swimming in the same area, setting our tents up in the same area, and, and we were just having a blast. It was the last day, and um, I mean, we had some good waves and all this, and man, we just ride them, and the sandbars were just, and I know what I'm about to say is I'm a little bit more daredevil than you. I'm the guy that's in front of you, and just keep going farther and farther, all right? That's me. And, uh, and I've always heard, never go past such and such sandbar, whether it's the second, third, or whatever it is. And so, but this, for some reason... Uh, they had had a storm just a couple weeks before, and the sandbars were just, you, you could just keep going. And uh, we were out there. We saw this guy that was surfing with a, the sky, what do they call that, surfing on the water? What's that called? Um, gliding, whatever. What's that? Windsurfing. That would make sense. Um, but anyway, um, he was windsurfing, and we're like, this is cool. He's out there, man. We were watching him. We just kept getting closer and closer to him. And it was the last, like the last hour of the trip. And everybody's like, let's go out one last time. And all of us went out there, man. We were just having fun, man. It was great. And everybody was yelling at this guy that was windsurfing. And, um, man, we were caught up, man. We were just having a blast. And all of a sudden, you know, it's nothing when you're out there in the ocean and you hear something, you know, and that you're screaming, ah, you know. And all of a sudden, I heard screaming, but I didn't think anything about it because I just thought, okay, somebody's playing, they're having fun, all this kind of stuff. And... And I didn't realize, and I heard, the last time I heard the scream was, Dad, Dad. And I just, I was like, what is that? And Jenny's like, go get her now. And I was like, what? And I'm just nonchalant. I'm like, what? I mean, I'm, I can see her. And she was being circled by some sharks. And I'm like, all right, guys, that's funny. I know I'm not the dad and all that. They're like, no, did you not see her? And Callie's just bawling. And I'm like, it's not really. It's really. And Jeannie's like, Matt, stop. We saw it with our own eyes. She had two sharks around her. And I'm just like, wow. This. So anyway, I say all that to say this. Even in the midst of trouble, just like Callie in her story, this is sad because dad's supposed to be the protector, but mom was, all right? But even, even in the midst of her trouble, when dad was supposed to be her refuge, there was someone there for her. It was mom. It was a protector. It was, my buddy was actually really close to the other dad, and he rescued her. 
But I think about that often in my life, how that, when I think about that story, because I think about my, I think about her, anytime I go to the ocean now, um, I still go out there far, sorry. Uh, but, but I always think about it before I get in, I always think about that story because I think to myself, you know, she depended on me. Her trust was in me that I would rescue her, that I was the one, even though I was, there was much people, much closer, much closer to her. Mom was closer and my buddy was closer. All she knew was I'm in trouble. I'll holler dad. When I read this story, I thought to myself, isn't it interesting? David didn't holler for his friends. He didn't holler for his dad. He didn't holler for his mom. Who do you holler for? His refuge, his protector. God, God, you're my portion in the land of the living. I poured out my complaint before you. I need your help. His portion is always made available to the believer. Maybe you're going through an unknown right now in your life. If not, you may be soon. But I can always guarantee, like I told you at the beginning, many times when I faced some unknown times in my life, when this earth never, nobody on this earth, this, no one around me had the answers. I'm so glad I have the word of God. I can pick it up. I can read. Can you, can you tell I love Psalms 142? This is one of those moments. Over the last several months of my life, I just turn over to Psalm 142 and just read it again. God, show me something new. But I'm so glad that in the unknowns of life, Our pain is not unknown to God. Our paths are not unknown to God. His portion is made available to every believer. And then number four, here it is. Our praise should not be hidden in the unknowns of life. Our praise. Verse number seven. He said, bring my soul out of prison that I may praise thy David gave us an example here of what true praise is all about. You see, praise is not just a form of worship. Praise is a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. Take your Bibles and turn over to Psalm 48 with me. Psalm chapter 48. Listen to what the psalmist said. He said, Psalm chapter 48, verse 1, Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. In the city of our God, in the mountain of his holiness. Beautiful for situation, the joy of the whole earth. Is Mount Zion on the sides of the north, the city of our great king? God is known in her palaces for a refuge. Turn back a few pages to Psalm 34. Psalm chapter 34. Verse number one, I will bless the Lord at all times. Verse one, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. 
Praise must be an everyday occurrence. A.W. Tozer said it this way, what's closest to your heart is what you talk about. And if God is close to your heart, you will talk about him. David said, no man cared for my soul. But he knew my pain, it's known. He knew my path in life, it's known. He understood that his portion is made available. Therefore, he said, I will sing praise. In other words, what seems to be unknown is actually known by our Heavenly Father. You know, sometimes it would do us good, Brother Steve, to just break out into one of those kids' songs. Those songs that we teach our kids to just live by. Those, ki- those songs that we teach our kids that just say, you know what? You need to learn this song because it'll do you good the older you get. Sometimes it's just good for us to break out those songs to understand that, you know what? Everything's all right in my Father's house. In the unknowns of life, we can rest assured tonight that God is known. May God help us all tonight. To rest in his arms. Rest in him. You say, that's easy for you to preach a message once you've come through it. That's true. That's true. But I know this. When God does take us through circumstances like he's taken me through, It's always good to share it with someone else so they too can share their story and help someone else. I don't know where you're at tonight, but I'll tell you this, since Thursday, I've done a lot of things, but I can't get this scripture off my heart. I don't understand. I don't understand who God was going to send here tonight. I don't know what you're facing. The only one I know in here tonight is my son who's sitting here. My wife's in the nursery and my daughter's not here tonight. I don't know what you're facing tonight. I've dealt with a few folks just over the last couple of days, just through text messages and different people and I know sometimes we go through things in life that we just don't have the answers. You say, man, this is a really encouraging message tonight as we hit the road and face a Monday. It really is. It really is. To know that you can start Monday with this idea that, you know what, no matter what I'm facing, God knows it. It's not unknown to him. No matter how hard this is taking me down, no matter where this is taking me, you know what, I can rest assured tonight 
I can stand sure. I can lay my head down on my pillow tonight to know this. Everything's all right in my father's house. I'm hurting. I see Brother Steve back here. You know, just they've been through so much this week, and you know they're going through so much. Him and his family. But yet, none of that's unknown to God. None of it is. I think about Brother Chris and all that he's been through over the last couple months and the smile that he had on his face. I always tell him that. I said, man, you always put me to shame, man. You've always got a smile on his face. Now we get to see him up here singing the way he's singing. And I think to myself, as I, as I studied this week, I, my, my mind quickly raced to different families and different people in the church. And I thought to myself, I, I can share this story, but there's so many people that could stand here and preach this same message tonight. Your witness and your testimony has helped me to show me, even through my time, that it's okay. That my hurt and my pain, it's not silent. It doesn't go unseen to God. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. If you think the Bible is just another book, you're missing it. When I read that story of Psalm 142, Brother Steve, it's kind of like, a, it's like, teaching, a, it's like teaching a children's class, children's story in children's church. I like to bring it to life. And I can only imagine David curled up in that corner of that cave thinking to himself, what's next? What's next? So many unknowns, but yet he spells it all out for us and sums it up and closes in verse number seven with the idea, Lord, bring me through this so I can praise your name. Folks, praise is not just something we do on Sunday morning when the worship team's up here and the choir's singing your favorite song. Praise happens tomorrow morning when you get up, you hit the front door of your office, and you say to yourself, you know what, man? God is so good. (laughs) God is so good. May God help us tonight to rest and to know that in all the unknowns of life, God is Let's pray. Dear God, Lord, we thank you tonight for your word. We thank you for David's life. Lord, thank you for this story. Lord, I'm so thankful tonight. I'm so thankful tonight, God, that over the last several months of my life, and it's just, this is just my story, but God, there's been many times when, Lord, my anxiety level and the level of frustration has been so high that, Lord, someone sends a text or, Lord, someone tries to encourage me. And, Lord, it's been nice. It's been encouraging. But, God, nothing like opening up your word and seeing, God, what you have for me. Lord, I'm so thankful tonight. Lord, I'm so thankful tonight that, Lord, in my pain, the path I wasn't for sure about, that none of that was unknown to you. God, thank you for making me stronger through this. Not stronger physically, but God, stronger spiritually. God, I pray for that family that's sitting here tonight. Lord, I pray for that husband, that wife, that lady, that man, that no one in this room knows what's on their heart. God, I pray, Lord, tonight that they would find peace, and they would find comfort from you. Lord, I cannot get over the fact 
of knowing that I have a heavenly father who knows everything about me. Lord, I'm so thankful that you know the step ahead of me. That if I stumble and I fall, you're there to pick me up. God, I just want to say thank you for being so close to me and providing and showing me the path to take. God, would you help us the rest of this week now as we face a new Face a new week. I pray, God, that you would help us, encourage us. I pray, God, that as we talk tonight, Lord, I pray our praise will always be upon our lips. God, we'll praise you when we're not in the storm, and we'll praise you when we're in the storm. God, I love you, and I thank you. I thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen.